Welcome to the Pet Space Podcast. Today's guest scored a touchdown when he landed the role of a lifetime as the Puppy Bowl referee. Each year, Dan Schachner attempts to maintain order for the over 100 puppies who participate in this annual televised event. The real goal, to highlight adoptable puppies and help their rescues find homes for dogs in need. Dan has fully immersed himself in his role and even tacked on Foster Guardian to his resume. It doesn't matter if you're Team Rough or Team Fluff. Welcome to today's guest, Dan Schachner. Dan Schachner, yeah. welcome to the Pet Space Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank it's you for joining us. Great space. In sunny California. Yeah. A little weather. reprieve from the New York weather. Yeah. I walked around yesterday like I am not prepared for how nice it was because, you know, we've had a, you know, we've had some snow. We've mm-hmm. had a pretty wet and dreary winter. So it's nice to be here on the other side. Yeah. Um, We're yeah. so happy to have you in the studio. It's always nice to do a face to face interview, a little podcast moment. And hopefully, you know, since you're at Pet Space, we may as well throw in a couple puppies at the end. Right. Of course. So when in Rome. It went in Rome, went in Pet Space. <laughs> so you are the official referee of Animal Planet's Puppy Bowl, mm-hmm. number 20 this year. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us, I, I don't think anyone has necessarily gone to college or gone down the career path of professional Puppy Bowl referee. Mm-hmm. Take me on this journey, Dan. How did you land this gig? Funny story. We're working with UCLA at the moment at creating some sort of a major for refereeing and officiating animals is what we'll call it. Um, it's not really gotten much traction yet. Give me <laughs> a few years. Say, can I go back to school? We'll is get the PhD <laughs> going in officiating. Um, it. You're right. There's no blueprint for this, mm-hmm. Katie. It is just a random out of nowhere job. But that's how it started 13 years ago. Animal Planet knew me as a TV host. Mm-hmm. Um, I had hosted just one hour specials for them in the past. I'd also hosted on the with other networks, sports-related programming. Okay. So I had a mix of both, um, and I think that they thought might I might have been a good candidate. The um, the current ref, because this was Puppy Bowl Seven, mm-hmm. was a staff member who was a you know great person, but they realized they needed somebody who had a little bit more, I guess, hosting experience because there was going to be more um, telling of the stories, sure. the backstories where these animals came from. Puppy Bowl was growing; they mm-hmm. needed a spokesperson. Uh, dogs can't talk yet, but we're working on it. I've seen lab. those buttons. I've seen the buttons that help the dogs talk. I got a button at home too. Oh. I got one right now for my fostered pup. It's it's the outside button because she's and learning to go going? outside. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the bells, but the buttons really take it to the next level. Yeah. yeah. So so you were recruited. Right. For I was your recruited. Incredible talents. Yes, I was recruited in a, in a way in a manner of speaking. Uh, they wanted me to create a tape, like an audition video. Tapes. Remember tapes, guys? Yeah. On Back on the, the camcorder. Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were digital ones 13 years ago as well, so I think there was no actual tape. But we did create a video. It's on YouTube right now. It's mm-hmm. my audition video for the Puppy Bowl ref job. You can find it. It's out there somewhere. But it is me doing a testimonial to camera because, like you said, there's no resume for this, no blueprint for this, uh, no framework. Uh, just saying why I was born to be the Puppy Bowl ref. And yeah. then I just 
got myself officiating with as many animals as possible. At the moment, I had two young boys. Now I have two large, older boys, but two like little baby boys. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of did a mini puppy bowl with them in my living room. They were about the size of of a large puppy at that point. (laughs) Uh, We had fish at home, hamsters, we you know variety. And then I didn't have a dog at the time, but I uh, officiated neighbors' dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, Went to New York City dog parks. I, I did whatever I could to clip together Recreate. a montage to, that would show that I was right for the job. Yeah. Well, they bought it, and here we are 13 years later. Touchdown, landed yeah. the job. Yes. And now it's Puppy Bowl 20. So the difference between when you came in at 7 yeah. to now. Okay, by the numbers, just to give you the numbers, yeah. right? When I first came in, we had 59 puppies total in Puppy Bowl. Uh-huh. Okay, 59, which I thought at the time was an insane amount of dogs. It's a lot of puppies. Not all at once, but we know we rotate them in. Um, we This year, Puppy Bowl 20, we have 131. Oh, man. The show has grown from two hours to three hours. Um, when I started, it was two hours. Um, it has grown in terms of the awards we give out at the mm-hmm. end. We've divided ourselves into teams in the last 13 years. We've started keeping score. Puppies have somehow miraculously learned to kick the ball, which we never thought could happen. <laughs> so we have puppy field goals happening right now. Um, it is truly, it's, I know we keep saying it, but it is our puppiest puppy bowl ever. Yeah. Uh, we're just celebrating dogs and all the joy that they give us. Yeah. And at the root of it, it's pretty interesting the dogs are all adoptable or have been adopted and come from rescues all across the country. I think, of course, as a rescue facility and a place that at the heart of everything really is adopt, don't shop. Tell us about these puppies and where they come from and, and really the impetus to remind people that puppies are out there to adopt. One thousand <laughs> percent. I We've been shouting it from the rooftops and thankfully, look. The number of dogs in shelters um, fluctuates. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, during COVID, as we know, those numbers went down because Mm -hmm. people were home and everybody was adopting and the shelters were somehow empty or somewhat empty, right? Um, And we thought, wow, maybe this is the tidal wave change that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, People started going back to work. The shelters started getting flooded again. Uh, look, it, 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 I think it's just going to ebb and flow like that over mm-hmm. the generations until we change the mindset of literally everyone in the world, not just this world, not just this country, but outside as well. Of course, it starts with spaying and neutering. Um, we have, I work with campaigns with rescues on spaying and neutering, which, as we all know, is where all this really should start in changing mindsets. Um, and as far as the overflow, look, I, I can say that and I can say this confidently, yeah. every rescue we work with, and this year we have 73, wow. uh, reports an uptick in adoption inquiries, um, not just during the puppy bowl season that we're in now, but the aftermath as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, thankfully, there's a little bit of cred that comes with having a dog that was on puppy bowl. Yeah. So our shelters, ni- are, I'm so thankful to report that, you know, they continue to see increased adoption. So we we think we're making a difference. Um, no, you're definitely, you are making a difference. We feel it, yeah. And it seems lighthearted and fun, which it is. And I think sometimes rescue needs a break from the ceremony. Lachlan vibe of it all sometimes and I think it's so important you give that that little lighter Mm -hmm. breath of air and prove that rescue can be cute and fun but also still maintain that mission of saving lives those 130 131 
131 puppies. They all needed homes or have homes or will need homes. And unfortunately, like you said, right behind them, there's so many more coming in. So the visibility that you give, that Animal Planet gives, it's, it's really important. It's really, really important. The Sarah McLaughlin videos, all the sad stuff, there's a place for it, too. Yeah. Because our heartstrings should be pulled. You know, we should feel that sort of emotional pull towards it where we want to help these dogs. But as you said, there's a sunny side to it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And I think we're also putting it out there that not just the sunny side, but people, let's talk about changing mindsets. People may go into a shelter and think, I can't get a pure breed, Um, you know, or I need a hypoallergenic dog. No such thing, I know. But something that comes close to hypoallergenic, non-shedding, low-shedding dog. And shelters don't have those either because my kid's allergic. We're here to break those myths Mm -hmm. because... There are so many pure breeds available. There's so many, yes, poodle mix, low shedding mixes. Literally almost any breed you can think of is uh, has it's over the years there. and been represented in Puppy Bowl over yeah. the last 20 years. So um, that's an important thing to know. Your shelter is not just like the mysterious mutt mixes. The shelter are... special, the Heinz 57. Yeah, <laughs> you can find it. Give it some time. And what I tell everybody when they're interested is, look, uh, yes, you can go to puppybowl.com while we're airing if you fall in love with a dog mm-hmm. and, and see if that dog is available. And you know what? There's a chance they might be. Sometimes mm-hmm. they get scooped up because, you know, with 131 dogs, 100 crew members, uh, um, the word getting out like you and I are speaking right now, yeah. people find out about a dog up for adoption at Puppy Bowl and they scoop them up. And that's great. We don't want to stop it. But there's always some dogs still available for adoption by the time we're airing on February 11th. Beyond that, though, mm-hmm. there is there is the idea that of connecting humans with their local shelters. Agree. Right? Yes. You know, look, you, you have a beautiful space here. We know there's incredible rescues here in Los Angeles, but if I'm watching you from New York, you know, and I fall in love with a West Coast dog, it's not going to make it's sense. It's not taking the flight. Or <laughs> you I guess, could. I guess you could take a vacay. You know what? Take a vacay. You come could. see us. You could fly at home, but that yep. doesn't make sense because there are so many animals that need homes very much in your own neighborhood. That's it. That's yeah. it. And yes, you can, if you got to act fast, but you could hop on a flight and get, make it happen. Uh, but yeah, look, establish that relationship with your local shelter, whoever it is. Literally walk down the street. In New mm-hmm. York, it's a lot easier, right? Because they were pressed together. But walk down the street to your local shelter, rescue, SPCA, whatever they are, yep. and, and just connect with them. Even if you're not there to actually adopt, know them. Foster with them. If you can't foster, I always have that, that hierarchy of like, look, if you can't adopt, mm-hmm. foster. If you can't foster, Volunteer. If you mm-hmm. can't volunteer, donate. If you can't donate, that's fine. Advocate. Yeah. There's always something we can do, those five levels, to uh, not just connect but make a difference in the animal rescue world. So, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. That That's it. That is the key. And I think people are so nervous sometimes that they can't do it. And it even comes down to with social media now. You can share an animal in need with the click of a button. Yeah. One little yeah. share. You never know who that animal is going to touch. Totally. And you can save that animal's life without having to be sad or going to the shelter or any of that. Right. So, right. yeah, there's so many ways. There's the hierarchy is there. Right? There's always something to do, no matter what your resources are, yeah. your time commitment is, or your energy level is. There's always something to do. 100%. So, Puppy Bowl, as the ref, you're maintaining order. Mm-hmm. I've heard many a pun. We at PetSpace love a puppy pun. <laughs> I can't imagine that there's not a ton of hijinks filming these episodes, Dan. Can you give us some of your, yeah. like, top three or a few sure. top moments of Puppy Bowl that you're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. 
I mentioned it at the top of our interview. The first ever puppy field goal in Puppy Bowl uh, 11 was Shyla. It was incredible. We'd never seen it happen before, but mm-hmm. this dog just managed to kick a ball into the end zone. Never thought it could happen. Front paws, back paws. Front paws. Front paws. Yeah. Okay. Back paws. You might think, oh, that was an accident. Like, it wasn't intended to happen. They were just yeah. kicking up their heels like there. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was front paws into it. Um, we had to review the tape, but okay. it, it confirmed it. And that was. Overall, there's always surprises every yes. single year. Uh, gee, what can I tell you? Our first ever special needs dog uh, to win an MVP in Puppy Bowl 15 was Bumble, mm. sight and hearing impaired, beautiful white fluff dog, and but won because this amazing dog managed to score touchdowns in Puppy Bowl. Again, talk about showing dogs out there that, that might be right for a family. The goal of having 131 or so many mm-hmm. dogs isn't just to just yeah, let's make let's supersize the show. Yeah. It's showing as many different cases as possible. So we have this year, we have six special needs dogs. We have them repped every single year. But 15 was an incredible surprise, too, when Bumble won the MVP. Wow. And that was voted on. Well, um, it shows that those dogs that that obviously have a shortcoming or something that is not 100% how it's supposed to be, they can overcome, too. I mean, I, we've had sight impaired and hearing impaired or both at a few of the shelters I've worked at. And it is so amazing to see them overcome. And I think that's a reminder to us that if you put a little extra energy in, those dogs are for sure giving it back to you and probably going to surprise you the rest of your life the more you add them to your home. Absolutely. And you're talking about earlier the fun of this whole world, right? Mm-hmm. When you're watching these untrained, the, the criteria for being on Puppy Bowl is so simple. <laughs> you Between have to be a puppy. <laughs> puppy, three to six months of age. So yep. not too old. Yeah. Uh, not depending on your size, you know, we do separate them by size. Mm-hmm. One each quarter gets a, a certain size. But um, that's about it. And untrained. We don't want trained puppies. We're trying yeah. to show them in all of their chaotic, beautiful glory. Mm-hmm. And that includes special needs. So on that topic when you're watching these dogs when i'm looking down at this field of dogs and there's a special need quote unquote special needs dogs mixed in there and i say quotes because you can't tell the difference yeah between them and an other quote unquote able-bodied dog you're not just picking them out of that crowd absolutely not so they are a player just like any other person a team member person see there i am personifying dogs can't help it (laughs) (laughs) we're giving them human names we may as well press on no but like it 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 is it is so impressive watching that year after year, how these special needs dogs blend in and mm-hmm. you just can't tell the difference. And so you're, when they do score a touchdown, we, I tend to pick them up and yeah. we have a little celebratory moment. Sometimes it's a kiss. Sometimes it's a snuggle. Sometimes it's a cuddle. Sometimes they just want to get back on the field. So I let them go, but there's always a little bit of an acknowledge moment. Um, if what, you're doing it, yeah, you're doing it. This year, Mr. Bean is, <laughs> is look out for him. He's a two-legged, uh, papillon mix, I think wow. brown fluff who, uh, doesn't have his front legs, but you know, was, still able to, on his hind legs, get out there and make a difference in Puppy Bowl. And, and this when, is a three three to six month old. Three to six month old Papillon mix. And when we're celebrating with him, it wasn't until the moment, sometimes I miss the calls because there's so much going on. Well, I can only imagine. Right. Like you said, chaos. Chaos. <laughs> so thankfully we have our videos and we have our team in, mm-hmm. the, in the truck, the crew truck, in my ear saying, Dan, Check out down the other side of the field. There was a because, oh, I should for those that are uninitiated, we don't discriminate which end zone you score a touchdown oh, in the okay, puppy great. bowl. So I may be watching Team Fluff scoring here, but at the same time, someone on Team Rough or Fluff may be scoring in the opposite end zone, mm-hmm. and that's fine. We'll score the touchdown. We're good, you know, equal opportunity. Yes. So while I'm watching one thing, something may be happening downfield on the other, so they'll direct my attention in my ear. And so when Mr. Bean, they said, Oh, yeah, Mr. Bean scored, let's celebrate it. Went 
it wasn't until I went to go pick him up that I realized this this dog is missing his front legs. Mm-hmm. And it's because there had been so much action on the field when you first step foot onto that puppy bull turf. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't meet the dogs ahead of time. That's on purpose because uh-huh. I don't want to establish any, you know. Yeah, you can't play favorites, Dan. Right. <laughs> right. Ref should remain impartial. Yes. I also don't want to, uh, not only favorites, I don't want them connecting with me in any way. Mm-hmm. I want to remain like almost like a scarecrow in a field, just sort of yeah, like. Yeah, the floating guy throughout. The- <laughs> just some, just to, yeah, ignore me. I'm not quite here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It wasn't until I kind of bent, oh, my God, this guy doesn't have legs. It was incredible. Um, same, obviously, the hearing impaired dogs, you they you can't tell the difference. Yeah, you no, know? they're full full send. The message is, is very clear. For those that are looking to adopt, don't overlook the special needs dogs. And don't look overlook the older dogs, too. We have a beautiful section in Puppy Bowl. One of the reasons we've been able to extant, expand to so many dogs called adoptables. These are just little, like, video segments peppered throughout the show where we're showing, we tend to show older dogs that Mm -hmm. are in shelters. Sure, they don't qualify for Puppy Bowl because they're not technically puppies, Mm -hmm. but they might be the parents of some of the puppies you see in Puppy Bowl, and we all know how much harder it can be for a mom or a dad. Our mom dogs always hang around a little longer, and it's so interesting because everyone is so interested in them along the journey, but then it gets to the point where they're adoptable and they're consistently overlooked. So, yeah, shout out to the mom dogs. Big time. Our very first foster ever, I started fostering 10 years ago, mm-hmm. was a mom dog um, from Social Tease Rescue in New York City, who has also been with us in Puppy Bowl many years. But they, this dog, again, you know, just like anyone else, could have been a puppy. Yeah. It was a two-year-old mom. A year, she was a, a, she a, was a teen mom. A teen mom, a young <laughs> mom, could have been a puppy, puppy bull dog. So why overlook them too? Yeah. So look, when you're connect, we're bringing this back to my point. When you're connecting with your local shelter, mm-hmm. if you're interested in adopting a puppy bull dog, and let's say that shelter is wrapped in puppy bull or isn't, but let's say they are, and the dog you fell in love with is not available anymore, mm-hmm. that's okay. Chances are that dog might have a sibling or a mom or a dad that the that the shelter knows of a relative some similar yeah. you know breed mix to that dog that might work for you too yeah and even if they don't you've now established a connection a relationship with your local shelter and if the right dog isn't here now in a couple of months there's a good chance it may be stay involved they will be yeah yeah so. yeah always keep your eyes peeled i think that's important too is is because of how crowded everything is yeah. right now that if you don't get the one you think it's funny how quickly people connect through social media now. They see pictures, they see video. Everyone's so good about doing reels, and they feel that connection so early that I think there sometimes can be this letdown when they do actually take yeah. the moment to connect. Yeah. So get you know, reserve a bit of emotion and be okay that that dog found a home and give another one the chance because there's no shortage of dogs that need a chance right now. Especially when you're fostering, don't be too too picky. Just, no, take whatever you need. Take what you can get. <laughs> I understand if it's if you're forever dog. Okay, mm-hmm. we should have some some thoughts. But if you're fostering, just take whoever because it's a short term commitment. When I used to foster, I, I actually aimed for the dogs that I knew I didn't want. Right. Because I knew there was no way I was keeping it. I was just like, no, no, no. This one is not my style. Yeah. No, I'll be fine. I, I will love to see that dog. I will give it the love I have, and then I'd love to see it find a home because it doesn't belong here. It's one reason <laughs> I was asked for 10 years, why don't you ever adopt? Yeah. And I felt 
being quote unquote new to this world, mm-hmm. I wanted to learn, as you just said, as much about these different breed mixes as possible. And what better way than having them live with you? And yes, yeah. it may not be a breed mix like some were giant hound mixes that I would never really be able to keep in my New York City apartment yes. long term because they needed exercise. God bless them. And they needed, you know, but I was able to foster them and get them ready for adoption for the short period I had them and learn about yeah. them. So I feel like it made me better at my job and finally ready to, you know, take the next step. Can you tell us about fostering a little? Like what what was the moment that you you didn't have a dog of your own and you were like, you know I grew what? up with dogs, but I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple. Like it, it well, simple and tragic because oh, no. no, no, nobody. <laughs> no, don't worry. Nothing okay. nothing. I don't need the tissues yet, No tissues. It's tragic in my own framework of a... What happened was the first apartment I moved into in New York didn't allow dogs. Mm -hmm. That's the tragic part. And... I was like, oh, okay, well, let's just well, let's just make do with fish and, you know, the allowables, <laughs> ferrets and hamsters and whatever else my my kids wanted. Um, that was great. Mm-hmm. And but as the years went on, thankfully, not only did well as most of the country did, start to change their uh, attitude towards dogs. And yeah. we all know the perception more, of pets. Yes. Yeah. More and more buildings um, are allowing dogs. You know, and now it's almost like if you don't allow dogs, it's kind of a strange thing. It's interesting. I think New York is a lot better about it than mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Los Angeles is still really struggling about, I I believe, don't quote me on and we'll fact check or something after, mm-hmm. but I think it's about 65% of Los Angelinos or people living in Los Angeles rent, and it's a real problem to find a place that allows pets. Dog friendly. Yeah, and, and here we are in a city that is drowning in dogs. We're wow. having a real crisis around our shelters, I mean, everywhere in the country is, but especially Los Angeles yeah. City and County are really struggling. And one of the biggest determining factors is that people are struggling to find housing that allows pets. Absolutely. So if you're a landlord. Change your mindset, landlords. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to help. It improves the quality of life. And most important, I think, um, it connects you with your neighbors. So if you're concerned about, like, I don't know, com- establishing a community, mm-hmm. safety, security, there's no better way. What I saw happening in my own complex in mm-hmm. New York, and it was a large apartment complex, was I was starting to talk to my neighbors once they started allowed to, allowing dogs. Yeah. You know, because you have no choice, right? Well, who can resist, right? You're like, who can resist? Can I right. say hi to your dog? And if they have a dog, you have a dog. It's yeah. all. It's a party. So yeah, you get to know your neighbors. There's a better sense of connectivity. Yeah. Uh, in your world. So yes, shout out, shout out to the to the landlords that are allowing it, the buildings that allow it. But yeah. so. They didn't allow. They started to allow. So I was like, okay, great. Let's start dipping our toe. I got this puppy bowl job. Let's start fostering. Let's start learning. And so my journey started 10 years ago with that foster mom uh, dog that um, not only got adopted, but got adopted from someone by someone in my family. So that Aww, dog's still with us. Oh, that's great. I love that. Um, she's the number one. Her name's Callie. She's been there forever. And then since then, I don't know, 40-something dogs. Wow. I think we're near 50, the 50 mark now in the last 10 years. That's a huge impact. Yeah. I, it, that's that's a lot of animals to help find a home or just give them a soft spot. And mm-hmm. did you have any that hung around for a really long time and you wavered a bit? Yeah, uh, COVID, we had a very tough case. We had uh-huh. a beautiful uh, a puggle, oh, a puggle named Mugsy who had a little <laughs> bit of a tumor. And he had to, oh, a he had to stick around for medical mm-hmm. stuff. So God bless him. Um, yeah, that was a nice, but that was kind of nice too because we were home and you know I was gonna say, made us feel a long term during COVID is probably okay, especially a long term like medical case. Yeah, yeah that was like yeah. we can handle this now. We but can... Mugsy found a home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually lived with a Muggsy for a little Such while. A great name for a dog. Yeah, he was a big boxer. His name was Muggsy. <laughs> um, 
So where are you at in your fostering journey, Dan? Tell me, bring me up to date. Yeah. What's going on now? Yeah, what's going on is uh, I think uh, I think I found a dog to adopt. You found the one? Uh, the one. And I don't want to say the one as in the only one because I'm not done. Well, yeah, you still have a right? lot of heart to give. I have more heart to give. I have more, more fostering to do. Um, but at the moment, you know, we... It had been 10 years. So I was more aware mm-hmm. about the 10-year fostering mark than I was about the Puppy Bowl 20 mark. It's incredible you made it that long without <laughs> keeping a dog. <laughs> really, that you should get you know some what? kind of Puppy Bowl trophy for that. I don't know if they're awarding that, but... I think after like year five or six, yeah. I, was, I continued to be asked, when are you adopting? It became a point of pride to be like, I'm not adopting. Never. I'm going to keep, I'm a foster, you know, I'm a perma foster. Yeah, guy. yeah. I enjoyed that 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 title because uh-huh. I enjoyed just sort of like being aware of all the dogs and being a friend to all the dogs and not settling on one. And yeah. rest should be impartial. And it kind of all fit with the mold. But in the fact is, when you fall in love, you fall in love. And of course, I've fallen in love with these other foster dogs. But this one... The best way I can describe the moment that we knew is that uh, with almost every one of our foster dogs, are we have four people in our family, my wife and two two boys, and the boys are teenagers now, but we always have, like, we're always, it's a democratic society. Okay, that's, so, that's good. Right. Whether we're, you know, keeping or not keeping a dog or any life decisions, we try to all have a vote. With this particular dog, we didn't have to even discuss it. There was no debate. There was no back and forth. We all just looked at each other after a couple of days with her. And we're like, yeah, this is the one. Wow. She's perfect. Uh, she's the, we wanted a small dog. We live mm-hmm. in New York City. We wanted a dog that was low shedding because my son does have some allergies. Um, but those were like little tick the box requirements. You know, they Great if it was accomplishable. Yeah, not deal breakers, but mm-hmm. you know, important. So already that checked the box. Adorable. Most of them are adorable. They're all adorable, let's be honest. Even the quote-unquote non-adorable ones, we still love. Mm -hmm. But she was particularly cute. And I loved her story. Her story was, this is a dog from Phoenix Animal Rescue. They're in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard of this rescue before, but someone said, hey, drive out to them. They're having some sort of a rescue fest out on a town park on the town lawn. Come check it out. And it was a beautiful uh, fall uh, day, and I was there checking them out. And meet this dog, and I met the dog, and she did not qualify as a. She would have been in Puppy Bowl because mm-hmm. she met that criteria, except for the health criteria. She had two bad knees, something called luxating patella. Oh yeah, yeah, which I think um, is common and correctable, but really she couldn't run much. Certainly yeah. couldn't do stairs. Um, anything heights levels still tough. They were like, so she really can't be on Puppy Bowl, but we're thinking maybe she could be your assistant ref. Oh, bringing in some hired help. Which I needed. 100%. If you're going to have 131 puppies, someone has to help you. Plus the kitty halftime show. (laughs) Plus the cheerleaders. Plus all the madness. Like, the more help, the better. Mm -hmm. So uh, that became the idea. She would be the assistant ref. They named her Whistle. Mm -hmm. Love that. I love that. And, you know, an extra set of eyes, ears, and paws on the ground for me. Dressed her in the ref stripes. And as Puppy Bowl was shooting, not only was she a great you know, a great assistant and you'll see her on puppy bowl 20. But the best part was that, you know, every night in that hotel, I was falling a little more in love with her. Uh huh. Um, and like I say, when I brought her back to New York to meet Mike, we don't shoot in New York city. We shoot uh, outside of New York upstate. Um, the upstate, the, the, real, <laughs> the upstate. real upstate, high high up near Albany. Uh, we, like I say, there was no discussion or debate among the family. We all just looked at each other and we said, this is the one. Done and done. Done. It's so nice. There was no there was no stress about it. Yeah. It was just easy. 
Well, you found the one. I think that that's there's proof in that pudding, right? Like you literally waited 10 years (laughs) and have saved over 50 something, 50 ish animals. And you finally found the one that fit that that's congrats, Dan and his family. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. We also thought her being the assistant ref was appropriate as opposed to a puppy bowl player because it doesn't show that favoritism towards a player. Impartiality. Exactly. She's a staff member who I adopted. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of me, a mini version of me. Do you think this will be a recurring role for her? Great question. That is up to the powers that be at the network. Uh Uh, I will certainly submit her resume. Okay. She may have to make a tape as well. (laughs) Probably. Let's be honest. But she'll have another year of experience under her belt. In the off season, we do a lot. So when we're not doing Puppy Bowl, I host a lot of dog related events. Mm -hmm. New York fundraisers, we do dog trivia, dog dog quiz games. How well do you know your dog? Guess your dog's pet breed, a dog breed mix. All that we. I was just cruising your social media and um, I did see the with wisdom panel that you were you were doing a guess your dog breed and I love that because people always ask us well what is that puppy what breed is it and the one that I watched the woman was so sure she was like it's a beagle mix and I was like I am betting $25 that it might be a beagle mix but there's something else in there and sure enough there is and I think that's something to really remember too is that you can find purebred puppies in shelters now but also these mixes are cool Beyond cool. Yeah. I, I mean, we all know the health part of it. The vets yes. will tell you that there are more robust when they're, when they're mixes, right? Um, less susceptible to some of the uh, health issues that a purebred might have. But yeah. beyond that, like you just said, Katie, they the, the mixes are beautiful, stuff that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, again, constant surprises. So, I mean, yes, we have the classic ones like Puggle and and, mm-hmm. and Doodles and all that, but we see a lot of those. I love the more weird mix. It feels very American to me, and I don't know if that's... I don't know. It just feels like here we are, a country of people who have come together and all of these different backgrounds, and our dogs are kind of reflective of that, too, at this point. And these really cool mixes, like, who wants a purebred... Listen there. I shout out to you, to the purebred dogs. They're yeah. they're amazing too. But to have that kind of cool mixture of like who knows what, I think there's something special in that. Not only yes, not only special, but a beautiful like. If you're meeting your neighbor, if you're on a walk with your dog, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah. Like, and and as you just said, it's fun to guess. It's fun to yes, do the DNA and get the results, get the health um, records of these yeah. dogs. But it's just great to. I do it all day long. Is walk around and be like, well, that's a fun mix. What's that? Yeah, and sort of some sort of a Bichon hound something. You know, whatever it might be. I love guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, it's very American and it's very real. And also, we're just gonna keep blending as the years go on. Yeah. <laughs> as Spain, as Spain neuter stays out of control, there's definitely no shortage of mixtures of dogs. <laughs> Even within the same litter. Yes. Yeah. One yeah. One mom, yeah. multiple dads could happen. You know. People are always shocked by that, Dan. I think it's one of my favorite facts to shock people with. They Me go, too. "Oh my God, you! I never knew." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Dogs they do wild things. They do wild things, and they keep us guessing." So, Absolutely, yeah, it's incredible. Well, congratulations on. Well, we were talking about before we started recording. We're not really using foster fail for you. 
Well, I think the word fail, I understand why it's there. It's a foster fail, but I, it just feels a little defeated. So I, I want to call it a foster win mm-hmm. for me. Like I've been fostering, kind of cruising and found, yeah. the, found the right one. So it's a foster win, a foster celebration. And also, um, I'm not going to stop fostering. Okay, great. As soon as uh, Little Whistle, we've renamed her, by the way. Her name's Poppy now. Uh, but as soon as she gets a little bit older and uh, house trained, we'll be able to, she'll be able to show another foster dog the rope. Yeah, she's going to be the guiding light. I love that. So that's the plan. That's wonderful. So Puppy Bowl. 20. Yeah, tw- 20. That makes me feel old, Dan. Me too. Well, how do you I think, think I, I remember the first one? <laughs> yeah. The first one had like 20 dogs. It was just one little camera, you know, throwing on a bunch of dogs on a field. And here and we are. look at it now. Multiple cameras. We reach millions of people every year. Social media. The most important thing is we make an impact in these shelters. And a kitten halftime show. Yeah. Gotta love it. I, I, I've seen some kittens on bikes and stuff. It's, oh, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it's look, over the top. This year will continue to surprise you. I can't wait. So when can people tune in to Puppy Bowl? Yeah, Sunday, February 11th, 2 p.m. Eastern on Animal Planet. Not just Animal Planet, but Discovery, TBS, uh, HBO Max, just called Max now. Yeah, And uh, Max. Just Max. And uh, yeah, and you'll be able to watch it. If you miss the, orish- the initial airing, uh-huh. we're on for the next 12 hours. So you can't miss it. You can't us. miss it, Don't actually. Worry. You need the split screen. Part Super Bowl, part Puppy Bowl. Yeah. There's nothing to be missed. Yeah. Um, where can people find more information about the adoptable puppies? Easy. Of course, very important. Exactly where you think you could find it. Puppybowl.com. Okay. And you, it'll, it's got everything there. And it'll give you direct contact to those shelters that you're right. interested in. It'll give you some insight into the dogs, the starting lineup. So you'll get to meet our players. And uh, we just we can't wait for everyone to tune in. Yeah, it's so exciting. And if people want to learn more about you, Dan, where can they locate you on the World Wide Web? You can find me on Instagram at Dan Shackner or just look up Puppy Bull Ref. It'll, it'll come up. The, the one and only. For now. Until my <laughs> assistant dog takes over. That's true. Yeah. Because it's coming. You'll get the boot. They'll yeah. throw some AI into it. Absolutely. She, she's going to run the show. Dogs Poppy's are, running the show. We have dogs that are now working the cameras. We have dogs that are in the sidelines as cheerleaders, dogs tailgating, dog paparazzi, pun, pun of intended. Course. So it, it's just a matter of time before they start, you know. We're about to be out of, out of jobs. But yeah. I'm ready. I'm tired. <laughs> I could use a break. retirement. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for coming today. Again, Puppy Bowl. February But tune 11th. in on the 10th. We'll have some pregame stuff as well. Don't worry. Yeah, and, and check out Animal Planet is already running so much content on their social media. Indescribably cute puppies going for the going for the touchdown, yeah. trying to win it all. Yeah. Team Rough, Team Fluff. Well, thanks for coming today, Dan. Thanks for having me, Katie. The Pet Space Podcast was brought to you by Wallace Annenberg Pet Space. To learn more, please visit annenbergpetspace.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and be sure to share with your friends. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pet Space Podcast.